I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. Today is a little bit of different uh, recording than we were intending to do. We were intending to do a panel, but um, I've kind of taken a little bit of break because um, of the passing of my mom and then also um, the, and the sadness of that and then the excitement of Becca and Seth getting married. So um, I have today with me, um, I have Emmy Miller with me and um, you will have heard another podcast from her. Um, because I have some to post that I just kind of went in a stop mode and we chatted a little bit. Welcome, Emmy. I'm so glad to see you again. Um, you're an exciting person to talk to and have so much to offer and give in this podcasting world. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be back. (laughs) Well, it's exciting. We were going to have a panel where you were kind of bouncing off of other people. Um, and, and we'll do that again because, um, having a panel of, women who are in similar stages of their sport and their careers um, offer something that I cannot because I'm not on the mat with you. But but as we were talking, we were getting started, we were talking about loss and how loss kind of translates personally. And then it also translates to the mat. And you were talking about an event that you were just in and, mm-hmm. um, and how that feels to, to have a loss and what it kind of projects you to do. So catch us up with where you've been and what you've been doing and, and, and let's kind of focus on what loss does mean. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's pretty obvious. I think that winning feels really good, uh, but losing definitely feels very differently. And um, I had a couple of super fights that I did well at as preparation for ADCC trials that just happened in Las Vegas last weekend. And uh, it was a really big tournament. I want to say there was like 64 girls in my division, something crazy like that. And uh, in my first match, I ended up losing on points to a very respected black belt. And uh, as I said before, even though I felt like I did have a decent performance and it was a pretty good match, um, losing sucks, man. It definitely does not feel very good. And it makes you not only reevaluate all the stuff that you're doing on the mat and in jujitsu and in the sport, uh, but also in like your whole life. I definitely found myself really evaluating a lot of things yesterday, like what's working, what's not working, what's worth it, what's maybe not worth that time. So definitely. Well, 
makes you think. People around you encourage you to do that or do they kind of understand that process and give you the space or do you have to kind of fight for that mental space? Um, no, I think people definitely understand that I kind of need to like go into my little shell and just evaluate what, what's going on and then kind of make a new plan and go from there. So what's one of the new plan items that you kind of zeroed in on? Um, I know that I definitely need to keep working on wrestling. Uh, and I feel like I need to just be, uh, overall a little bit more organized in the big picture of my training. Sometimes I feel like I get stuck on, you know, the micro versus the macro. We, it's, we get so busy that it's hard to, to zero in on something. Definitely. So some of the things that I've seen, um, in, in watching your post and, um, you are very much a leader. And there was one, one quote that I wrote down of, um, that, that you had said, and it's like, be a leader and not, um, a boss. So what do you, what, can you remember what you meant by that? Or if that, is that a philosophy that you just kind of hold? Um, I definitely meant by that. I think it's really easy to uh, do as I say, not as I do type of mentality. It's really easy to fall into that. So the thought that I kind of had in my head when I was posting that that day was it's really important to kind of talk the talk and walk the walk, leading by example and doing so from the front. And I feel like when I'm in that mode, a lot of things in my life show up the way that I expect them to. Yeah, well, and it's a lot easier to um, kind of create your tribe when you're doing that. Definitely. Um, so you find that you have pretty much the same people around you who have the same philosophies, or do you kind of do that intentionally, or um, how how do you create those around you? Um, I think it's definitely kind of like an ebb and flow, just like everything else in life, you know what I mean? But I do mainly have still the same core group of people. Um, a lot of them are jujitsu, are jujitsu people, which is kind of funny. Um, when we were talking about how jujitsu enriches relationships in your life, I was kind of like, wait, who besides family members in my life doesn't do jujitsu? And the list is very short. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But I bet that's true for a lot. Yeah. One, because it takes a tremendous amount of time. Yes. But two, do you find that you just don't have tolerance for people that won't commit to something? Well, yeah, it's 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 about um, lack of commitment, but it's also about like I have a really hard time being around people who want to make excuses and paint themselves as a victim and blame other people and not be accountable for their actions. I notice the deeper that I get into jujitsu and the more that I'm trying to elevate myself as a competitor, those things really, um, they just don't sit with me well. And I notice them a lot more than I used to, which is kind of interesting to think about. Well, it is, but you're doing a whole lot more self-examining Yeah, as you go into these um, places to compete. I mean, it, it gets tougher and tougher. It's not just a local little tournament you're going to some big things I mean what you went to this past weekend how many competitors were there there was 64 girls in my division it's also though because women don't get the same amount of weight classes as men so like if we had actual weight classes the way they did it would definitely be a smaller bracket so that was kind of why it was so huge but I think um ADCC since it's just elevated itself 
as a tournament and kind of global phenomena, more and more people are attracted to doing that style of competition. Yeah. So on average, how much are you competing now? Um, so I have competed every three weeks for the last three months. Yeah. Oh, so that I'm, is a lot. I am wondering you on time for somebody not doing jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. You, see the gym. you can't see them. Yeah. It's, it's definitely intense. Um, and I'm going to be taking the next eight to 10 weeks to finish up my NASM certification. So I'm going to take a little step back from competition, uh, just to get that finished since it's something that is definitely a priority as well. Um, but like I talked about last time with my day planner and how it's my Bible, it's funny how I really have to prioritize like what I'm spending my time on and making sure that I don't get so stuck on jujitsu that I'm missing other things also. Yeah. So tell me about the certification. What, what is it? What will it do for you? Oh, um, so why is it prior? Yeah. So, uh, NASM is the national association of sports Med- medicine. It's me getting my personal training certificate. And that'll be huge for you because yeah. it just, I mean, even though you do it and it, it just gives you a little bit more, um, credibility. Yeah, it definitely gives me credibility. Um, it makes me like quote unquote legit. You know what I mean? I already yeah. have some personal training clients that I've had for a while and have gotten amazing results with, but I'm definitely looking to, um, make that business grow and just kind of take it to the next level. You schedule, you, you figure out your, um, times that you need gaps and and can kind of work with it. Yeah. I think that's a big deal in jujitsu, trying to find a job that allows you to kind of have a very flexible schedule because it makes training and competing and traveling and stuff like that a lot easier. Yeah. Good grief every three weeks compete that has had to be hard on your body um just muscles um injuries or stresses plus eating how have you managed that uh so the first two i did have to cut weight um the very first one i cut about 20 pounds in eight weeks it was very intense it was very yeah, I really have to uh, thank the people in my camp for uh, supporting me and helping me get there. And tolerating uh, you. Yeah, <laughs> no, tolerating you probably were not a nice person. No, there was definitely a few a few wrestling practices where I just broke down and cried and stuff like Aww. that. So it was super hard. But um, the second time making weight was a lot easier. And then the third time I didn't have to make weight. It was a open category, essentially. Wow. And did you find that affected your performance um not really I I think I did pretty well with the weight cuts uh like I said the first one was was very difficult making weight was super hard especially because I was on the plane the day before I had to make weight and I completely forgot that being on a plane makes you retain water so that one was a little tricky (laughs) but I definitely want to um stay fit even while I'm not competing just so it makes uh making the weight a lot easier. And I want to get down to a bit of a lower weight because unfortunately there's a lot more opportunities for women at those lower weights. Yeah. Well, and if you have to go there every time, it probably puts you at a disadvantage if those women have already been there and they're able to build the muscle instead of cutting, 
Um, you know, it's kind of interesting you brought that up because the the second super fight that I did, the girl that I fought, she was definitely a, a bit smaller than me. And I guess she doesn't really believe in cutting weight. She just competes at her natural weight. Um, and it was funny because in the very beginning, I felt like she came out really hot. But towards the end, I could feel her strength and conditioning just kind of plummeting. And I was able to really kind of take over the trajectory of the match. Oh, wow. So there's a good blend in being able to um, maintain that level of intensity. Yeah, uh, definitely. Wow. So, so what does your uh, training day look like now? Um, it's definitely chilled out a little bit since I'm not competing quite as much. I actually gave myself this whole week off just to recover. Um, being in Vegas really kind of, is so dry. It definitely messed up my sinuses and gave me like a of a cold. Um, so I felt like I just needed to take this time and kind of recover and get ready for, uh, we're throwing a seminar. I, I manage a jujitsu club. It's a private jujitsu club here in Orange County called Oasis. And we have a, uh, Olympic level wrestling coach, Sebastian Otto coming to give a seminar on Sunday. So I wanted to make sure that I was very, uh, physically, mentally <laughs> prepared for that one. Yeah. So seminars are really important, aren't they? You can be kind of specific of who you're trying to learn something from and one of the skill sets that you're improving. They're they're not just go to every seminar for whatever. Yeah, I feel like seminars are incredibly important. Um, When I'm speaking to the students that learn jujitsu for me, I always call it extra credit, doing extra credit. So um, I feel like going to seminars are kind of pivotal because Let's say like uh, you want to learn a bit more wrestling or leg locks or judo. No one's really a complete player until they really practice all of those areas for a proficient amount of time. So I feel like being able to go to seminars uh, as often as possible is really key because a lot of times they're very expensive or you have to travel far. So I feel like what we're putting on at Oasis is very unique because they're super affordable. They're local and we're trying to put on at least one a month. Oh, wow. That's good. So it allows uh, people to plug in and it's not just women. It's um, anybody that's training. Yeah, it's anybody that's training. Um, I actually did. I did the first seminar in January and mainly women came, which I thought was really cool. It was the most women that we've had on the mats so far. Um, But a few men came as well and they are open to anyone who would like to come children as well. Okay. That's good. So everybody can get something. Yep. Anybody and everybody is welcome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So one of the questions that we asked panelists and, and kind of try to dive into is why jujitsu of all the sports that you could be involved in, why did you choose jujitsu and, and stay with it so hard? And and it can be, alienating to where that's who your people are it can be expensive it can be taxing on your body so why jiu-jitsu so I'm actually really glad that we're we're bringing up this question uh because this is something that I've kind of been thinking about a lot lately uh especially when I'm teaching new people I feel like jiu-jitsu is a lot deeper than just learning a martial arts skill It's to me like a tangible way to play the game of transformation, whether that's going from a white belt, working really hard and transforming yourself into a blue belt, or just being someone who 
maybe is really shy or not super self-confident or has a hard time learning new skills, through this work and repetition, you're able to transform yourself into something that you want to be. And you can see that progression. Yeah, it's a tangible way for you to see this, this thing go from point A to point B. Do you think that you change your reasons as you evolve in the sport? I think your reasons, yeah, they can definitely change. Uh, When I started, I think it was, I want to lose weight. I want to be good at this. I want to defend myself. Now it's, I want to help people grow. I want to become a champion. You know, this is exactly the way I want to live my life. Uh, So yeah, I think the reasons why can definitely kind of also transform along the way. Well, it's not all you do. Um, you're out there doing other things. Do you have to explain jujitsu in the other parts of your life? And do you um, have an elevator speech of what it is for you? Yeah. So I have a very quick way that I explain jujitsu to people who don't understand what it is. Basically, I cut it down to it's sort of like wrestling. It's a grappling art. And the way that you win is by choking your opponent or bending one of their joints the wrong way. <laughs> and they probably just shake their head and, yeah. and don't really, yeah. if They're they want to know more, they'll, they'll ask. Um, when Becca and Seth took their vows, um, Becca said that she vowed to choke him regularly. And it's like, <laughs> what? So, so, I mean, it's, it, it becomes a part of who you are and what you do. But, um, but as you were talking about taking a loss, does it help you just dive into your mental state and kind of separate things better than maybe you did prior to being a jujitsu artist? Oh, big time. I think um, with jujitsu, you have to be able to kind of step back and look at what you're doing and how you're performing objectively. Whereas before doing this art, I feel like that was something that was super difficult for me to do. I had a really hard time taking feedback. I had a hard time feeling like I did poorly at things. So practicing this art kind of helps me um, separate myself and look at it very objectively and what can be better and, you know, what was good, what was bad and what we can work on. All right. A lot of people I hear talk about coming off the mat and practice and feeling so defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, they'll have a time when maybe they, they feel pretty successful at it, but it's a constant taking you back down to square one. Do you find that? Definitely. I feel like um, there's always going to be moments that are super humbling. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like the highest highs and the lowest lows. You never really know which one you're going to get. And your trajectory in jujitsu is never going to be completely linear. There's always going to be kind of these plateaus or maybe feeling like you're getting worse. And then all of a sudden you're getting better. So I feel like it's kind of like when you look at anything that's successful, it's never a completely straight line from point A to point B. There's a lot of up and down in between. So I feel like this sport helps people with other aspects of their lives because they're able to understand that straight line isn't always going to be there. A, a jiu-jitsu martial arts gym, you all know that. So mm-hmm. you're walking off the mat, looking at somebody, knowing that they feel defeated but you had, 
you have a bit more empathy probably mm-hmm. than other sports because you felt that way yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, but, but you kind of let everybody have their own journey. You don't, you don't meddle in somebody's journey. Do you? I mean, that's kind of what I see from the outside. I think it kind of depends. Once you take like a coaching role, once you're teaching, then you're to kind of help these people find their own way. Um, But I felt like I was super blessed because a lot of the uh, coaching that I had, they never told me, you know, you need to do this, this and this. It was always like, hey, what do you think your path is? And I can give you feedback on it. Yeah, that gives a lot of personal ownership. Mm -hmm. I agree. So jujitsu has probably more personal ownership than I think all sports do, but we don't take it. We don't, I guess those that do take it personally and find their own pathway to do it probably are the ones that excel in every sport. Yes, definitely. So, but you can take these same skills and transfer them to life. What if you woke up tomorrow and you couldn't do jujitsu anymore? Um, you know, that would really be hard to cope with, but I feel like there's so many aspects in my life that are jujitsu related. Even if I wasn't able to physically do the sport, I'm still so in it that I think it would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have some lifelong friends and friends that have gotten you through some real deep valleys. Um, and, and you've come out. I mean, I know um, it's a process, but um, but you've come out and not run from a, a, a field that could be so overpoweringly sad to you. Mm-hmm. You've not done that. You've been able to find the, the joy back in the sport. How? Um, it sounds kind of crazy, but it, it's just something that I really need in my life. Uh, no matter like how bad certain days are or, you know, coping with the big losses, um, you kind of just always come back to it. It's like, it's so ingrained, you know, I've been in the sport for almost seven years. It's more than a habit at this point. It's a huge part of my life and definitely a lifestyle that I just always kind of keep coming back to it. Even if we need to go back to square one, at least it's still a starting point to continue. Yeah. Well, that is definitely your why for jujitsu because you can go back to square one mm-hmm. and and kind of reinvent the different things. Um, so, if you had a word of advice to seasoned um, jujitsu artist, and then a word of advice to brand new, what would what would that be? Because they'd have to be pretty different, or or maybe not. Maybe it's the same. Uh, No, it it would be very different. So uh, I'm not sure if you're aware on the statistics, but a large amount of people who start do not continue. I want to say it's like 90% of white belts never make it to blue. (laughs) Um, So I guess to the newbies, I would say figure out if this is something you really want to spend a large amount of time, effort, and money on. And if so, just keep going no matter what. And, um, you know, really show up until you get the results that you're looking for, no matter how long it takes, because it's, it's different for everyone. Everyone's journey is very different. Um, I think for the seasoned people, 
it's almost, it'd be kind of similar, you know what I mean? Like figure out exactly what you want from this sport, why you want it and possibly try to help some of the newbies get there too. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I thought was going to come out being sort of similar. Um, because you don't just set a trajectory and go in neutral. It yeah. is constant reevaluation, constant going back. I listened to Stephen um, uh, Aikens yesterday with um, Isaac, and they were talking about some of his very first fights where he was he was doing the the um, okay, this is step one. Okay, now I've got step two. Now I've got step three. And he's like, you know, that is not the way to fight and win because they, they come in and do something that wasn't, you know, in that plan, but, but he could go back to his very beginning and talk about it. And so it was kind of interesting to me that it's so ingrained in your thought process and your methodology that you can go back, you know, to day one. Um, And you might even be able to do that with a calendar year of, you know, this year of what I was doing or where I've competed or, and at the same time, your competitors have been changing. So in the seven years that you've been in it, what's a, what are some of the big things that you've seen change for you as a woman? Definitely jujitsu as a sport is growing for women as a whole. Um, We were not given a lot of the same opportunities as the men. I think originally because there was just such a lack of women in the sport. Uh, But that is no longer the case. There are more women in jujitsu than ever. And jujitsu is obviously bigger than it's ever been. Um, So I think women are definitely getting a lot more opportunities. Uh, Women are getting a lot better. They used to say that women's jujitsu was boring or not so good or not as on a high level. Well, I don't think that's even close to true anymore. And it was really demonstrated over the weekend at ADCC. Oh, wow. I bet that was fascinating to be a competitor um, and then also to watch. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you could get your competition out of the way enough to be able to watch some. I did watch a bit. Um, The room was just so chaotic. By the time that I was done competing, I was like, all right, I'm ready to kind of sit down and like take a break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I look forward to following you and and um, and I look forward to having you on a panel where you can kind of back and forth with some some peers. But um, but is there anything else that you want to add to kind of what we've been talking about in the leadership loss competition, um, reevaluating where you are? If there's anything else you want to add to any of that? Um, I think to continue doing well in competition. Uh, and being able to reevaluate yourself in loss, it's important to show up as a leader. You know what I mean? If you keep blaming other people or situations or circumstances for your failures, it's going to be really hard to continue growing and moving forward. And uh, I feel like women as a whole have been showing up in a very different way in this sport. And as long as we continue to do that and keep moving forward with that real headstrong, hey, we're here we're just as good as the men. We deserve as many weight classes and the same prize money. We'll definitely get there in the very, very near future. Well, that's awesome. Well, I thank you so very much. Um, I look forward to getting um, the podcast out there and um, we'll reconnect again.
and keep thank following. So. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family, to philosophy, to work, to meal prep, to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm gonna put on my boots and move.